The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. We're doing good. It's a Thursday, and that means it's our second episode of the week. It's going to be a fun one. We're talking to the 49ers, and we're talking to free agency. Obviously, some early talk, but some important talk nonetheless. Dude, it's crazy because free agency, like, I wish – so it's a perfect time to actually, like, chime in because we're allowed, uh, allowed a few seconds for people to uh, join in and everything. But I wish the NFL trade deadline, NFL free agency, and, like, NFL trades – we're just as fun as the NBA trade uh, trade mm-hmm. trade deadline. Cannot speak today. No, I, I feel you. I mean, like we see some like this. This year was different, right? We saw some big blockbusters, but we don't normally see that. And the NBA trade deadline's different, especially with expiring contracts and really just the amount of players that get moved. And so, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's all fun and games. I mean, especially watching uh, like our first episode of the week was about NBA and um, what the Warriors should do. Should they make moves? They made a move. I'm not too ecstatic about it, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. Hornet got 25 free agents. Before we even get into that, Trey Lance um, on the Rich Eisen show, um, he comes on and he talks about um, how it was mentally for him um, during the season and he went in a little detail about how he's excited for the competition um, with Trey uh, with uh, Brock Purdy, right? He sound he sounded like it is going to be an open competition. At least that's how he sees it, right? Do you believe it is going to be a Trey Lance Brock Purdy open competition, or what do you take from those Trey Lance comments? I mean, I think you've got to you've got to evaluate everything. Brock Purdy himself had some comments today. Uh, I think he spoke on KMBR, if I'm not mistaken, about uh, his surgery. And he said, really, the right now, we don't know. Like, the, the hope is that it's going to be the six-month timeline. But the, the complicated surgery, the, the reconstruction surgery, which is Tommy John, could still occur if they find that the, bo- uh, the, the ligament is beyond repair. And so there's still so much uncertainty in there. But let's just put out the situation that – Trey Lance is uh, healthy. 
and Brock Purdy is healthy at the start of training camp, which I personally have doubts with. But if that's the scenario, I think it is going to be a competition, regardless of who starts and who's uh, the number two quarterback in terms of who takes reps once and twice, I still think it's going to be an open competition. Why? Because Trey Lance is going to operate as the starting quarterback for the entirety of the OTA period. He is going to have all of the reps with the ones. But like George Kittle said earlier today, and I think is going to be a sentiment that I, I, I don't really have an issue with, Brock Purdy earned himself the, the right to be a part of that competition, if not at the top of that competition with the way that he played. It's unfair to Trey Lance because Trey Lance has not played in games, but you have to go with what you've seen. And I think that if Brock Purdy is healthy, yes, it would be a competition, but the words that George Kittle said today are, it's Brock's job to leave. And personally, I do agree. I think Trey Lance has to unseat Brock Purdy if Trey Lance is going to become the starter. Now, Trey Lance will get the opportunity to unseat Brock Purdy, and so you could you could kind of view the words in different ways. Can Trey Lance do the best with his opportunity? Because then it's his job to lose. Can Brock Purdy uh, or can Brock Purdy come back and show he's the quarterback? Because then it's his job to lose. It's like two different ways that you can view it. To me, here's how I view it. Trey Lance is going to get a lot of reps. He's going to have the uh, he's going to have the the football buildup. But if Brock Purdy can come back and play at the level he was playing before, it, I, I find it tough that Trey Lance could potentially unseat him without a strong showing in OTAs in preseason. And arguably, really, we're going to just see who's the better quarterback because Lance, the the coaching staff is going to see a good amount of volume with practices. Purdy, you'll see the volume, but in training camp, but they have the game volume on top of it. You're going to combine all of that, and that's ultimately going to decide who's the starting quarterback in 2023. Yeah, obviously, like we heard Trey Lance come out and say, like, I'm just I'm just happy for the opportunity to compete, right? So for me, it definitely sounded like an open competition, but the only problem is is we don't really know if Brock Purdy is gonna be at training camp really, right? Like I talked to someone, I called someone right away, and I'm like, hey, like, what's going on? Like, walk me to through some things because I'm very confused on the timeline. The timeline initially was six months. Um, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, they reported six months. But six months from the date of the injury is different than six months from the date of surgery. Um, I asked February 21st, uh, 21st or 22nd is, is the date. I can't remember what date it is and that he's getting surgery. That means it puts him around August 21st mm-hmm. in that range, which means he would he would be – on a, and That's the I, week of the third preseason game. That's and, the week of the third preseason game. And the six-month timeline that I got was for him to be full go, no limits on his throwing. So they, they pretty much said, well, mm-hmm. it takes about three months to roughly four months for him to start beginning throwing. And what happens is he goes into a throwing program that they would put him in. Now, the throwing program amps up his throwing, so pretty much it's without a ball. It's with um, – He's pretty much with like a towel sometimes, usually just going through the motion without anything. And then they, they then they put a weighted ball with the rehab, and it's not like it's very light, and they're not really doing much. They're just extending everything, getting through the rhythm. And then around the five months is when they want to start amping him up to start throwing for camp. Now the problem is, is five months is actually when camp starts. Right, camp is usually the back end of July. Now, the Correct. back end of July would be that five month timeline. So, I asked, I was like, Well, 
Is Trey Lance going to, is, is uh, Brock Purdy going to be on a pitch count? Is Trey Lance going to be the full number one quarterback during this time? Like, how does this work? Pretty much what I got from it was we don't know because we don't even know what kind of surgery he is actually right. getting. So, like, and then it matched up to what Brock Purdy said around, I want to say he spoke around one, two today in that range of, uh, uh, during my, right after my lunch, right before I got off work. And I was like, oh, so pretty essentially, we don't even know if he'll be back because there's essentially there's a possibility that it's actually completely fully torn. There's no repair. He needs Tommy John. He goes, but the best case scenario is a five month where he's going to be limited in, in camp. So he won't be throwing as much as we want him to. He goes, because he's, I don't care what anyone says. He is going to be on a pitch count. And it might not look like Kyle has him on a pitch count because Kyle might say, hey, he's full go. But he might be only throwing 10, 15 times of practice when normally they're throwing a little bit more. He might be throwing. And what I mean by 10 to 15 times, I mean like in seven on sevens in team drills. Right. So like, because you don't want to. And the thing that I, I, I thought it was interesting that people were arguing on, on Instagram or Twitter, people were like, oh, five months, he'll be back. Well, even if he is a full go five months, which is the start of training camp, the smart decision to do for any player coming off of a, a, a serious um, surgery, which this is a serious uh, surgery because this could affect his career, is allowing him to ramp up at a slow pace, even in camp. If he's your quarterback, you should not rush him to say, hey, you got full go because Trey Lance might beat you out, right? Like, if that's your quarterback, let him ramp up. Let him come back how he's supposed to. But for me, my favorite part about Trey Lance's comments were absolutely when he said, I can't wait. I hope Fred Warner wasn't at OTAs. He don't want that smoke. That's why he's not coming. And he even said, I can't wait for training camp to compete against them. I can't wait to whoop Fred Warner's butt during uh during training camp to me that sounds like a very confident guy in his abilities it sounds like he's worked on things that because i've never i don't know about you rohan but that's the most confident i've ever heard trey lance speak most confident i, I think you can make the argument for it and really those comments when i saw it, to me it just makes me happy because the 49ers now like i'm all about the human side of football and it's cool to see that the team that we've covered have two young quarterbacks. Remember, young quarterbacks now hold themselves with class, hold themselves with poise while praising those around them. Uh, really two very respectful humans. And that's, that's, the, that's the cool part of this business. And so to me, I, I think that when you talk about the Trey Lance time or the Brock Purdy timeline, the biggest thing that you said is, it's all a question mark at the moment. I don't know when Brock Purdy is going to come back on the field. I don't even know what surgery he's having on Fred, uh, on February 22nd. He doesn't know himself. We're, they'll figure it out when he gets into that surgery room. There are so many question marks behind it, which is why the difference between who's going to start is such a high question right now. It's because you don't know what's going to happen. And so to me, I, I do think that Trey Lance is going to get his opportunity. That's the one thing that George Kittle talked about. That's the one thing he, he asked for, and that's the one thing I believe is going to happen. It's unfair to Trey Lance that he hasn't gotten the opportunity. And yeah, it's only practice, right? You you much prefer the game, in-game activity, but reps are reps. And so Trey Lance will get the first-team reps in OTAs. Kyle Shanahan all but confirmed it during his post-season uh, presser. And he's going to get the chance to compete because he's going to be a guy who's been playing and practicing with the team for the last three months after spending a whole year in the playbook. 
you've, you've seen. He wants to be as involved as possible. He was uh, talking about how he was involved with uh, helping Brock with base packages, with identifying pressures, with uh, third down packages, and all, all, all the different uh, kind of packages. Uh, when he was hurt, he wants, he wants to learn. He wants to do this. And that's why it's going to be cool to see this quarterback competition. I really do hope that Brock Purdy can come back by training camp because it would be fun to see these two quarterbacks compete against each other with the different elements of their game that they have and the different uh, levels of experience and the different situations that they're coming from going to this offseason. I absolutely agree because when you look at what Trey Lance was pretty much saying, he said he how him helping Brock Purdy is when he officially actually started really, really learning because he wasn't doing it for himself now. He felt like if it was if he wasn't doing his job right as a uh, backup quarterback at the moment, because obviously he was acting as a backup quarterback in breaking down film in the sense of um, coverages as well as blitzes and stuff like that. Cover like in the little itty gritty stuff that you usually when you do for yourself, you're doing it differently. Now when you're doing it for someone else, like I always tell my students, I'm a teacher, right? I always tell my students, it's you learn more when you teach something to a peer rather than you're actually learning it on your own. Because when you when you finally get to teach something, that means you're gaining the confidence to allow yourself to, to teach something. So for me, I thought it was interesting hearing, I thought it was interesting to hear Trey Lance say what he said, because to me now mentally, I think he might be a little bit sharper coming into camp. He feels more confident on re on where the ball is supposed to go coverages, blitz pickups and stuff like that. So for me, I'm excited. I hope Trey, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy put on a show in training camp. The problem is, like like we just said, not even Brock Purdy knows if he'll be at camp. Realistically, Brock said, I don't know. It is up to the doctor. He will have my best interest at heart uh, for my career once I go under the knife. Now, that's the big issue of not knowing the t- actual timeline. Hopefully after surgery, so hopefully around that February 21st to February 23rd mark, uh, reports will come out. Um, my guess is immediately after surgery, um, the the surgeon will let everyone know what happened. Then we'll get word. Now, there's a lot of talk, right? Before we even get into free agents, because we have a couple guys that will become free agents, and I know your answer to both of these. Um, what do you do with Brandon Ayuk's fifth year option, and what do you do with Javon Kinlaw's fifth year option? Brandon Ayuk is the easiest fifth year option that the Forty ers have. You absolutely extend that. Why? I mean, you absolutely pick up the option. Why? When you have a receiver as talented as Brandon Ayuk, specifically playing the receiver position, there's a reason you drafted that player with a first-round pick. And there's a reason there's been an increased tendency to draft receivers with first-round picks. Why? Because receiver has become a bit of a premium position, uh, kind of surprisingly, in the last few years. Receivers are getting bigger and bigger contracts despite the amount of influx of talent that comes through the draft which makes it even more valuable to have receivers on the fifth-year option because you get five years of team control as opposed to four years of team control on a talented receiver that you're drafting in the first round. Brandon Ayuk proved that this year, that how talented he is, and really proved that he could be the number one wide receiver on any NFL team. He had a 1,000-yard season, but he's a prolific route runner, and we already know what, 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 type, of Brandon Ayuk, uh, what type of receiver Brandon Ayuk is. That's an easy one. Javon Kinlaw, on the other hand, I would decline that option. The 49ers do not want to be stuck paying $10 million in guaranteed money at a time where they are already stuck in terms of cap situation. You want to create as much cap space as possible. Is it unfortunate, especially if Javon Kinlaw breaks out next year? Absolutely. But the 49ers 
Javon Kinlaw at the moment is no more than a depth piece. And I don't know if he can be a top five rotational piece for the 49ers along their entire defensive line. Right now, the future for Javon Kinlaw is uncertain, and I really hope that he can get it together because he's got his chance at a first, like a full offseason for the first time in a while. I hope Javon Kinlaw can really take advantage of that and uh, get back to becoming maybe potentially a better pass rusher, uh, working on the stamina, working on the stamina, working on the power, and really the technique, most importantly, the technique. And so hopefully Javon Kinlaw can put it together. I think that that's a decline. You don't want to have $10 million of guaranteed money when likely – Right now, as it looks like at the moment, you can get Javon Kinlaw for much cheaper on the open market next year. I absolutely 100% wholeheartedly agree with you because Brandon Ayuk, in my opinion, is the best peer receiver on the 49ers roster. There's no way you don't pick that option. I think you could even start, honestly, realistically, if you really wanted to, right after this season. I think there's a there's a case to be made that you could start looking at extensions for Brandon Ayuk. Um, I think what he's done for the 49ers, I think what he's going to continue to do for the 49ers, you either get it done now or you get it done after guys like Justin Jefferson, uh, Jamar Chases. Now, Brandon Ayuk shouldn't get anywhere above them, but he's going to want somewhere near that. And if the higher those guys go, the, the higher Brandon Ayuk's salary is going to go. So for me, there's a there's a conversation to be had there. Now, I don't know what, what, what I would do about that right now. Javon Kinlaw, I don't pick it up. Um, I was wrong on this pick. I predicted the 49ers would take Javon Kinlaw at 13, but I didn't think he'd be that bad. Now, I didn't think the knee issue was that big coming out. I guess it ended up being a much bigger issue than we all expected because even 49er fans weren't too um, crazy about the injury at the time. Like they were, I didn't see anyone saying, oh, Javon Kinlaw's knee tendonitis or knee issue is bigger than we actually think. And then now all that's all everyone's talking about. I was like, you shouldn't have drafted someone injured. No one said that draft season. Everyone loved the pick. And then now 2020 hindsight. Whoa, whoa. Everyone didn't love the pick. Majority people did. I guess. Probably. Yeah. Majority. Because what I guess the, the, what what I, I, should, I should backpedal on that. Majority people. Let's say most people like weren't as worried about the injury concerns probably. Yeah, I, yeah. They People weren't worried that. about the injury concerns. But people didn't like the pick because – it was Buckner for Kinlaw. Kinlaw. Like the way the way it happened, if it wasn't for the Buckner pick, the Buckner, Buckner being traded for that pick, people would have loved this pick. They would have, oh my god, because he was a good player coming out. He really was. But the thing is, his injuries have got to him. Hopefully, this offseason will be his first offseason when he's not getting knee surgeries. He's not getting that knee cleaned up, so he could finally have a, a healthy offseason of just getting better. Now. The biggest thing some people did, a lot of people did want, a lot of people did want uh, CD. I was Lamb. one of them. My my number one was Werfs because um, uh, left tackle position, but also potentially at right. But my number two was the wide receiving position. I wanted either Judy or Lamb because they were both available. Okay, now we got the chat going. Everyone's trying to tell me that, Marco, you're crazy. We don't like that pick. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um. Shout out to Kali, uh, Kali. Shout out to um, Renil, Rod Tucker, Pocket Cheesecakes is in the house. Shout out to our boy 49ers, Raj209. Shout out to you guys that are watching us today. Make sure you guys are liking and subscribing to both channels. Rohan's channel is linked in the description. Uh, Clutch Gene Sports is also linked in the description. Make sure you guys are doing that because we're about to get into the very deep dive.
of the 25 free agents that the 49ers have. Now, looking at this at this unit, Rohan, at the very bottom, um, would you be able to zoom in a little bit, Rohan? Because I, I know we're using let's your, do it. Your, um, so looking at everything, and then let's go all the way to the bottom because we'll save the best for last, right? Because it'll be a little bit easier working yeah. our way up to the top. So, Jawan Jennings, start off with Jawan Jennings. Um, I did see someone on Twitter recently. I want to say it was might have been Ryan, um, one of our boys. Um, go make sure you guys go subscribe to his channel as well. Um, he talked about should we nine for bring back Jawan Jennings, and I think it's a no brainer. He's about to be twenty six this year, upcoming year. Um, he's an restricted free agent, exclusive right free agent actually, which yeah. means pretty much he's back for the league minimum. Niners, all they got to do is offer him league minimum. He's back now. What if I was forty ers What I could would do. Hey, I'll shoot you three years, 10 mil. Something where you could keep a guy who is a... While Marco comes back, essentially what we're saying, Jawan Jennings is an, uh, an exclusive rights free agent. What does that mean? Like he said, you can sign him for one year, eight point uh, $825,000. The league minimum, he would cost less than the $1 million that you give to a veteran. And Jawan Jennings is a vital part. He's going to be a wide receiver three at the moment for the 49ers next year, and he's a huge part of their blocking scheme. But the alternative is potentially getting Jawan Jennings on a three-year extension, a two-year extension. Why? Jennings is only 25. He fits the system very well. And he only costs you eight hundred or eight hundred twenty-five thousand this year. But overall, he doesn't cost you that much money. He's going to be fairly cheap, and so the 49ers could get an extension of three million a year for maybe the next three years. That shores up one of their pieces before he hits the open market, which would be a year after. You have now what is this three more years of team control over Jawan Jennings and you could also do it to where the extension kicks in after he makes 825,000 this year so there are a couple of possibilities but Jawan Jennings most definitely will return to the 49ers given that he's an exclusive rights free agent the question is do the 49ers extend Jawan Jennings or do the 49ers end up just paying him the one year 825,000 deeming him too expensive to extend that's a huge one We've got a couple of big names, though, here. Charles Omenihue is a huge name. Omenihue made just 700000 this year for the 49ers because he was brought in from a trade with the Houston Texans after being a – I forget what round he was drafted. But it was a fairly cheap deal for a two-year deal. The 49ers did not pay much money on Charles Omenihue. And then you've got Traverius Moore and Colton McKivitz. We'll save Charles Omenihue from when Mar uh, Marco comes back. Traverius Moore, though, is an interesting one. He's 26 years old. He – essentially reprised a special teams role this year for the 49ers, serving as one of their gunners, faced an injury early on. Here's what I think about Tarverius Moore. I didn't think he was going to be a big rotational piece last year. I thought George Odom would have been higher on the depth chart than him, and I, I, I didn't know where he would essentially rank, given that he was coming off an ACL, that I wasn't too high on his game. But Moore served as a serviceable gunner when he was on the, uh, when he was on the field, and he could be a safety for the 49ers. I don't know whether they'll look 
to re-sign him before he hits the open market because they might look for another safety that could better fulfill their special teams role at a cheap cost similar to how George Odom was found. But Moore is only 26. He's got good athleticism, and he likely will command the league minimum as well going into unrestricted free agency. So the 49ers with the familiarity could look to retain Moore and him, uh, him, Odom, and Talano Hufunga are the three safeties on the roster right now, with one potentially more coming, uh, obviously, via free agency to cap off the four safeties. They could do that. We'll see what they do. I think at the moment, they'll likely test the open market, knowing that Charveri- uh, not Charverius, Tarvarius Moore could come back to them at on the open market should the 49ers not find an upgrade at the position. Before we continue on, Pockets the Cheesecakes ask a cool question. Do you think the 49ers pick up Jaquaski Tark this offseason because we're losing Jimmy Ward? Me personally, I don't believe so. When you've looked at the philosophy of the 49ers uh, in the past, uh, really in the past offseason, what have they done? They've looked to sign younger players. They've signed a 25-year-old Charvarius Ward, a 25-year-old Ray Ray McLeod. The oldest player that they signed was a 28-year-old George Odom to a two- or three-year deal last year. They don't really – they haven't really looked to sign aging players. Why is that? They've looked to try and expand their championship window as long as possible, not be dependent on older players, uh, on age-reliant players, and instead look towards their future while building players – uh, building with players that have higher potential, understanding that their staff has done a really good job at untapping each player's potential. When you look at the 49ers players, you can make an argument that several players had their strongest year this year. Charvarius Ward seemed like he had the strongest year of his career. Jimmy Ward had a very good year, potentially his best year of his career at the nickel. Talano Hufunga had a breakout season. Charles who had a good season. Overall, you could say it for several players on the 49ers. So to me, I don't think that they will go with either option. I don't think Jimmy Ward returns, which we will get to soon, but I don't think they go for Jaquaski Tart, who's entering, I believe, his age 32 season, given that Jaquaski Tart at the moment. I'm not exactly sure where he'll fit in. I don't know if he's going to continue playing in the NFL. I don't know exactly where his plans are. I think if the 49ers don't make a re-signing, I don't know where they'll go in terms of free agency, but I don't think it'll be Jaquaski Tart. I think that they would prefer a cheaper option. Maybe a guy to look for is a guy that Steve Wilkes had in 2019 when he was the defensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns in Ronnie Harrison. Harrison might be an intriguing option because Harrison played safety for him, and Harrison's also an interchangeable safety. He's a guy who could play in the box for a good portion of time, but also play at the free safety position. And the 49ers value that. This year with Talano Hufunga and Tashawn Gibson, the 49ers, they had players being interchangeable. Gibson played about 150 snaps to 200 snaps in the box itself, and he also played as a slot corner in a way, uh, as a big slot at times. The 49ers love interchangeable uh, uh, defensive backs, be it at the nickel position, be it at the two safety positions, because that's how they let their defense thrive. Steve, uh, sorry, not Steve. Um, No, it is right. Steve Wilkes, he's a guy who's going to like interchangeable uh, versatility with his defensive players. And I think that Ronnie Harrison could provide that. Now, again, the 49ers may look to get better or may look to go younger and get someone in the draft. But Harrison could be an option, a viable option in free agency over a guy like Jaquaski Tart due to the age. Continuing forward with the free agents, again, we're going to save Charles O'Menohue until Marco comes back. But first of all, we're going to start with Colton McKivitz, the tackle 
um, for the 49ers. The guard slash tackle who really suited up at tackle all of last year, both in practice and in the real games. Colton McKivitz has been a guy who's elevated on the 49ers depth chart over the past two years. Remember, he was the guy who filled in for Trent Williams during his injuries in the 2021 season and then ended up playing some tackle as well in the 2022 season, both in practice and in uh, in the game. And Colton McKivitz is a guy who we've seen play some he, – he's probably the best backup tackle on the uh, on the 49ers. He's a restricted free agent, which means the 49ers own his rights and can sign him back. I expect the 49ers to bring back Colton McKivitz. Potentially, Colton McKivitz could be their starter at the right tackle position in 2023. Uh, NBC Sports' is Matt, May- Matt Mayoko, he wrote an article at the end of the season essentially saying what he would do with the free agents, and um, he hinted towards Colton McKivitz potentially being the starter at right tackle, the most likely option would be that, according to Matt Mayoko. And so Colton McKivitz, he's a guy who I think will be back and potentially could be in competition at to start at right tackle should the 49ers not bring Mike McGlinchey back. Going up the list is Kevin Givens, a 26-year-old who's going to be a restricted free agent as well. Kevin Givens, this is last likely the last year that the 49ers can retain Kevin Givens at a reasonable price. Kevin Givens is a good player. He can even be a starting caliber player on certain teams, but right now he's a replacement level player for the 49ers, or at least a role player for the 49ers, who has served and played valuable time when the 49ers starters have gone out. He's a restricted free agent. He shouldn't make too much money na- uh, next year, but it likely is his last year in a 49er uniform because he will get paid elsewhere. I don't know if the 49ers will be the team to do it. I think he comes back uh, on the restricted deal. He'd be a vital piece because the 49ers pride themselves on defensive line depth. They have good players, but they pride themselves on defensive line depth. I think Kevin Givens is a guy who will definitely add that to the 49ers. He's a guy who the 49ers haven't enjoyed really. Uh, Like Pockets the Cheesecake says, He's enjoyed having Givens here. Well, the 49ers have too, because Kevin Givens has played starting caliber uh, uh, starting caliber reps. The only thing is, he's a restricted free agent. Do the 49ers want to pay $2 million uh, or whatever the tender is going to be for a backup? We'll see if they pay that price. I mean, personally, I would pay Kevin Givens that cheaper salary for this one year and then let him walk the year after. But Kevin Givens, he's a guy who's been underrated for the 49ers. An intriguing option here is Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, who will enter restricted free agency as well. Now, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles has been a perennial special teamer for the 49ers, uh, really, throughout his career. Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, he's seen some time at linebacker, um, but he's also, uh, what do you call it? He's seen some time at linebacker, but he's also primarily been a special teamer for the 49ers. And he's been a solid special teamer. He's been a solid special teamer. Uh, it, throughout his career, really, and he was another one last year. But a guy with Oren Burks um, can—he—he's a guy who's likely going to take over that spot to potentially replace Aziz Alshire uh, if the 49ers don't look to get a draft player or look to bring back uh, Demetrius Flanagan Fouts. To me, I wonder what the 49ers do with Demetrius Flanagan Fouts. I also wonder the NFL's interest. So. How restricted free agency works is the players are free to sign with any team, but the uh, the team, really, uh, your original team, which is the 49ers, can offer them a tender, and that comes with 
you get draft compensation if a team signs them to that tender. And so there are a couple of tenders. There's a first-round tender, which likely won't happen for any of the 49er players, but there's a original round tender, which is essentially a tender worth about $2.5 million. Um, and it, it, you, you essentially get compensation for, the, for where the player was drafted. There's a right of refusal tender, which is what the 49ers used on Daniel Brunskill last year. And so there's a couple of different tenders that you can use. The 49ers, they can choose uh, to, to place a tender or not. Demetrius Flanagan Fowles will be an interesting one. I, I really do think that uh, the 49ers, he's a guy who they'll probably look to retain. But remember, San Francisco is a linebacker machine. They have created a lot of good linebackers. Wouldn't be surprised, as I said earlier in the season, if they let him walk rather than pay him $2 million, given that they have Oren Burks as depth linebacker and also some young prospects that look to likely get a bigger role next year, like Marcelino McCurry Ball, a player who I was high on in, uh, in, in training camp and in the earlier part of the offseason. So... Demetrius Flanagan-Felds, at the moment, I would say the 49ers test the market, see what his cost is, and bring him back if it is at the minimum. If not, I don't know where the 49ers would go. I don't think that they would pay him the $2 million that a tender uh, likely gets uh, offered to. So it'll be interesting because Flanagan-Felds, he might look for a bigger role elsewhere. He's only 26 years old, but we'll see. Next up, we've got Jason Verrett. And I think that Jason Verrett is a very clear option. Brett, unfortunately, the health has just been an issue his entire career, continued to be an issue this past year as he tried to return, retore his ACL. Jason Verrett, to me, I don't think he returns to the 49ers. The 49ers did right by him. They re- they brought him back. They tried to get him, you know, get him back to, 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 to full strength and try to get him going again. Unfortunately, tore his ACL this year in practice as he was trying to ramp up and come back. He will likely, I I really do hope he retires for his own health, but we'll see what Jason Verrett does. I don't think, though, he'll return in a 49ers uniform. Jake Brendel's an interesting one. If Marco does come back soon, we will save Jake Brendel. So Charles O'Menehue, Jake Brendel, those are the two that I'm going to save. Ross Dwelly, I don't think Ross Dwelly returns. Uh, Ross Dwelly is going to be an interesting one. But I, oh, there we go. Okay, we can talk about the two interesting ones. So, Marco. Man. My internet, bro, I don't know why my internet completely just, like, gave me the boot. I tried my hotspot device. Bro, nothing, nothing was working. I tried logging in on my phone. Uh Bro, I was stressing. I was like, gee, like, how am I going to – man, all right. But back to the show. Okay, so, Marco, just to catch you up, uh, while you were gone, I went through a couple of the options. I know we talked about Jawan Jennings right before you cut out. Went, I wanted to save some of the big options for you, though. Wanted, so I went through Tarverius Moore, Colton McKivitz, Kevin Gibbons, Demetrius Lanning and Felds, uh, and Jason Verrett. So the guys that we have to talk about are Charles O'Menohue, and then it's Jake Brindle after that. So we'll start with Charles O'Menohue because he's a big free agent. What's your take on it? Um, my take on it is... If he's the budget, because I think I think he had a, a great couple years with the 49ers in the sense of he was needed run, uh, in the run game and pass rush. So I think he's one of those guys who might get paid, but if there's somehow some way the 49ers can figure out how to keep him, I think you do it and you play him. Um, I would like to see him play more of that defensive tackle role, kind of like the uh, Reek Armstead inside being more of a dominant force from the from the pass rush. Um, real quick, I'm just going to go 
through guys like Tarverius Moore, um, if he's cheap, uh, probably these are special teams and he could possibly play free safety if need be. Um, and I don't, it all depends on who they sign, but I want to bring him back unless it's vet minimum. Colton McKivitz, I think it's a requirement you bring him back because he's a restricted free agent. Um, and he might be the right, right. tackle, like is what they kind of said, but I don't see him being a right tackle. Kevin Givens, again, a guy who might have played himself out of the 49ers budget, but he's a restricted free agent, so it's very possible to bring him back. And then uh, Demetrius Flanagan Foles automatically signed. And then uh, you said Jason Verrett, I don't resign really him. It's, you're wasting years on him, wasting money on him. And it sucks because right. he's a hell of a player, but too many injuries, man. Yeah. And so that's exactly where we were. Uh, I agreed on most of the ones. The one that I'd say I disagreed a little bit, or what did you say on Givens? Sorry, I didn't hear that. I said Givens, I would bring him back, uh, but the price would be right because he might have played himself out of the 49ers price range. Yeah, that's true. And so with the restricted free agents, it's a little tough, right? Because you've got to uh, essentially restricted free agents, you can place a tender on them or it's essentially like unrestricted free agency. So to me, I think that the 49ers would likely put a right of refusal tender on Kevin Givens, a, a tender worth $2.4 million, where they can match any offer from another team, but no draft compensation tied. They could either do that or they could give uh, a original round tender to either player. I think Kevin Givens, they, they should look to bring him back, but it'll be tough given that he likely will have a market. Demetrius Flanagan fouls. I think the 49ers will test the market, see if it's a vet minimum contract. I don't think they likely try and pay the $2 million that a tender offers. I don't think he's worth that. So I think they they test the market and see if D'Amico, uh, sorry, if uh, another team is looking to pay pay more. If not, if he's willing to come back on the vet minimum, you bring back Demetrius Flanagan fouls. Is essentially what I said. Absolutely. And shout out to Pocket Cheesecake. Is that a Corona? No, it's a, it's a drink from um the the um thing what's that like popular that everyone goes to because it's not too expensive uh is it harito no i, I forgot what store it is but it's here in, uh, uh it's around i believe at least in california um dang i was just there last night but it, it's one of those dreams of store it's it's nothing it's nothing no corona no nothing but um if you are drinking make sure you're 21 and over uh shout out to them there make sure you grab an, uh, uh your beverage of choice um, you said Charles Menehue, the next guy. Yeah, so you said uh, your, your your little take on him. I think I agree for the most part. I think you've got to test the market. Me, personally, I think Charles Menehue will likely get a – I know someone said uh, – a pocket said that Charles Menehue will get a, a contract like Arden Key. I honestly think he'll get a better contract. I think he's better than Arden Key, uh, and he's also, I believe – I, I forget if they're the same age or not, but I think Omenahue might be the same age as he was last offseason. I think Omenahue will get a two-year deal. I think he'll get a two-year deal worth maybe uh, $15 to $18 million with maybe $10 million guaranteed on that deal. And I, I think it's going to be tough because the 49ers, they're going to have to see, do they value that? Because Omenahue is a... He's a he's a he's a pass rush only kind of specialist. He's not a guy who they'll trust to defend the run, and his versatility is vital, especially because they'll look to play him alongside Ark Armstead on the interior, but they'll also look to play him the outside. But he's a guy who isn't necessarily the best run defender, and that's why they won't necessarily play him on run defending downs. So, do you want to pay nine million dollars a year for a pure pass rush specialist? The 49ers are going to have to decide that, and I think it'll also give you give you guys a little bit of an insight on what the 49ers are doing this offseason. Because if they pay players like Charles Amenahue, they might be valuing the depth route again rather than the star route that they did in 2019. In the in 2022, they went the depth route. I think that they could go with that again. 
pay Elmenehu what they might have paid a guy like Samson Ebucom and move forward. But it'll be an intriguing uh, thing and really could dictate how the 49ers go with the offseason with their defensive linemen. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Yeah, so and that's the biggest thing, right? For I, I do see Cheesecake is saying in the chat that he's only had five sacks, though. But it's not about necessarily sacks. The pressure rate that he had was up there with some of the top 10 pass rushers in the league. Like, his yeah. pressure rate for a good was, I, I think season, the 12th best pass rusher in the league this year in terms of pass rush win rate. And, and, that high. And the pressure, the pressure goes with turnovers and goes with big plays like that. So I don't really necessarily look at the sacks. But you do look at the pressures because those pressures are vital. Now, he was the four, one of the 49ers' better pass rushers in the playoffs. That's something that teams look at. Um, so I, I think you you have to give him credit for what he's done. Um, the next player, Jake Brendel. Um, I'll let you go first on this one because I, I this one for me is an interesting one. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we'll have the same thoughts or not. To me, I put Jake Brendel actually in my top five players that the 49ers should look to retain in 2023. The reason being the 49ers in the center position is a valuable position for the 49ers. And they've, they, I mean, you've seen how they valued it. They they signed Alex Mack after signing Weston Richburg, two big free agents that they've looked to sign. And I think Jake Brendel showed this year that he can play at a fairly solid level uh, at that at that center position for the 49ers. And the more important thing, he's got years of experience now. This is his second year in that Kyle Shanahan system. First year as a starter, but second year as a Kyle Shanahan in the Kyle Shanahan system. Now, do I believe Jake Brendel is a Pro Bowl level player, a top five center in the NFL? No. I don't think so. I, I think that a lot of people use that to try and stretch the truth about Jake Brendel, but he's a solid pass protector. I think he's he's a very, very solid pass protector. He's not as great in run uh, as a run blocker. He struggles to move the line of scrimmage. He struggles to nest always win, and you saw him get handled a little bit by guys like Chris Jones and guys like Grady Jarrett and guys like Christian Wilkins earlier in the year, and so – uh, he'll struggle against the the more premier pass rushers uh, and, and really some of the better run stoppers like that. But to me, I, I do think that Jake, who the 49ers should look to retain, because I don't think the cost will be high for a player looking uh, going into his age 30, 31 season. And he's, I, I don't necessarily know how Jake Brendel is going to be in that situation. And so to me, that's why I think Jake Brendel, he's a guy who the 49ers should look to retain. Obviously, price uh, uh, it depends on the price. But I think that having a guy like Jake Brendel in camp to compete with 
potential future centers uh, of your team, like Nick Zakel and Jason Poe, would be valuable. To just have Nick Zakel, Jason Poe, and the younger players, I don't know if that's the best way to have the competition. I think you do want to see how uh, how your players play, but you've got to compare it to a level that is starting caliber, and that's what I believe Jake Brindle is. So to me, I would bring him back. I don't think he's going to be that expensive. Obviously, it is dependent on his market, like I've been saying, but I think that it, it especially a talent that shouldn't come too expensive at a vital position for your team, I think that that's valuable. And I think you're absolutely right in the sense of the value, right? Because if he comes back, if one of us can bring him back around, in my opinion, I think $5 million range, anything above. Yeah, that's what me, I was thinking. Anything above to me is an overpay for him. Now, the reason is, is you have guys out there like Bradley Bozeman, who I'd rather have on the team. Now, to me, I don't think he's a top five retain for the 49ers. And the reason is, is because when you look at what Jake Brendel is, he's a starting caliber center. Now, when I look at Nick Zakel, do the 49ers view him as a starting center? Because if you do, and you they got to see him for a, a year stretch um, during the season at right guard, center, they know what he is. Now, if they think he's a starting center, I wouldn't mind if they didn't bring him back. Um, you could also try to make a, a bigger move and get a better center and uh, make a trade. Now, for me, I do think he was, was solid. But I don't think he's going to be worth what some teams might offer him because he, yes, he did make a Pro Bowl technically. He was like an alternate or something like that. Um, I just wonder, I, I don't think he would be my top priority, if that makes sense. And I mean, that's fair. I mean, the, there are different priorities and we'll get to them as well. Uh, real quick, Pockets the Cheesecake asking if Poe is 5'11 or 6'1. He's 6'1, but when you see him on the field, he's definitely smaller than the other offensive. He looks like a uh, uh, Jason uh, Poe. He looks like a straight, um, how do you say, like a bowling ball. Like that dude is just short yeah. and just stout. Like he's ready to roll dudes over. Like it's crazy. Um, now, going over to obviously, we see guys like Ross Dwelly. Um, I think you and I are both going to be on the same boat. Let him walk. Um, yeah. I don't think you bring a I guy back. I think he back. deserves is a, it... a different opportunity. Yeah. I think for him, I wouldn't even want to come back as an unrestricted free agent. Like, I want the opportunity to play. Um, you brought in Charlie Warner. Um, you brought in uh, Tyler Croft over me. Like, he hasn't really gotten the chance to play. If I was him, I'm walking. Tabor Pepper, absolutely bring back a fan favorite. Um, I think he's a, a good yeah. long snapper. I mean, they don't really go for much anyway. So, I think he uh, must uh, resign because he's a fan, a fan favorite. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Tabor Pepper, you got to bring him back, man. He 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 has a lot of Pokemon talk. Seems like that <laughs> goes really well with the fans. Um, Jordan Willis, an interesting guy because I think Jordan Willis is a guy who could actually play that out uh, that edge rusher position opposite of Bosa. I think he does feel in well inside, outside special teams. He's very good. I don't think he's going to command more than um, two two three million at most. Um, I think, me personally, I think he's a guy that. You got to bring back at two to three million because what he could do on special teams. If you give him the opportunity to rush to pass it a little bit more, I think he's a guy who could get you four to five sacks throughout the season, uh, maybe even more with the opportunities that he has. I, I agree. I mean, uh, Jordan Jordan Willis is a guy who I think is a valuable player for the 49ers. I mean, he's a guy where the 49ers he doesn't he doesn't get used enough for him to command too high of a salary, which is why I don't think that the 49ers. Uh, should look elsewhere. I think the 49ers should look to Brian, bring him back. Um, and I mean, he, he could get a very similar salary to what he had last year, maybe a, a pay grade increase. 
But to me, if I'm Tamiko Ryans in Houston, I'm looking for these players and I'm looking for these cheaper valued players where Houston will not care if they pay Jordan Willis $3 million a year. They've got the salary cap. Yeah. They could pay him three and a half million a year. He gets an an, an increased role there, and I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets poached by Houston because he's a valuable run defender. He's a guy who helps defend the run, and the 49ers, their defensive line group is normally composed of players who are designed to rush the passer. Jordan Willis, he's a solid pass rusher, but he's also better off against the run, and I think it's valuable having those players, especially when you get down in the season because uh, while it was unfortunate this year that Drake Jackson was a healthy scratch a lot, the reason was it gets more physical at the end of the year and it's valuable having guys like Jordan Willis who are fresh rested and still pretty good against the run to incorporate and utilize in those situations. I absolutely agree. Josh Johnson is a must resign. He's probably the uh, QB one going into the training camp. Um, no, I think Josh Johnson, absolutely not. None of you running or talking to Sean Gibson. Um, yeah. Deshaun, Deshaun, Deshaun Gibson, uh, no disrespect to Josh Johnson, but Deshaun Gibson, um, I think he retires. Um, I know he did say he plans on retiring, but the only way he comes back is if the 49ers um, want to sign him and because he would want to actually play with Tono Hufanga again. That's yeah. pretty high That's pretty high praise for, uh, for Huff getting like, hey, I want to retire, but I'll come back just to play with this dude. That's pretty high praise. If Gibson wants to come back, I would bring him back on a cheap deal. Um, I don't think um, I would give him more than two to three million, only because I think you're gonna actually have a deep free safety market or a deep safety market. You could go get a guy like, honestly, realistically, if you really wanted to, you could restructure contracts, create enough space, go get a Jesse Bates, go get a Gardner Johnson. You could do something at safety to make your secondary even that much better. So I don't know what I would do with with Gibson. If it's a cheaper contract, I bring him back. You could even bring him back with the hopes of him mentoring a young rookie like he did with, with Hufanga. That's something I would I would be in in the range of, but I don't I wouldn't pay him what people were expecting him to get. Before I talk about Tachan Gibson, I do want to give, give a shout out to Kels Chronicles. Thank you for tuning in. Uh cool channel he's got over there. Be sure to show him some love. And he talks about the offensive line doing really well. Uh, but it's good, good enough. Personally, I'm always looking to back, looking to upgrade the O line until it's a machine. To me, I, I do believe that you always should be looking to upgrade the offensive line. But saying it is a lot easier than doing it. Offensive line is one of the hardest positions to upgrade. Almost always, you upgrade offensive line via the draft because it's very rare that good, good offensive linemen enter free agency because teams are always looking up to lock them up. Also, because they have, uh, they they're not their position doesn't age as poorly as other positions. So I think that that's a thing that you have to talk uh, talk about with the offensive line. Sometimes it's hard to upgrade unless you have a first round pick or a second round pick, because then you have to develop them and it takes a long, uh, longer because teams are more reluctant to give up their offensive line. You'll never see offensive line really in trades much as well. But speaking on Sean Gibson, I also think that Deshaun Gibson is a valuable guy. I believe I put him in my top five as well. I think Deshaun Gibson, at this, especially at the safety position, where you've had a lot of turnover recently, right? You you went from uh, uh, you lost Jaquaski Tart, right, and then you had Jimmy Ward there, but then you moved Jimmy Ward to the nickel uh, after after his injury. You had potentially George Odom starting at times. Tarverius Moore was seeing reps, and uh, and then you had Talano Funga as well. I mean. 
to me personally, I think Tashawn Gibson was valuable to this team, and I thought he played a very underrated role. He's also entering his age 33 season, which normally would be a red flag, but at a position where he played at a high level and hasn't really had a huge injury history and shouldn't be a costly player uh, to pay, I think it'd be in the range of one to, uh, one year for a $4 million deal. I think the 49ers should do it. I think they should, knowing that they're the team, the only team that could likely get him out of retirement, I think that they should go on Tashawn Gibson's door and they should be knocking every day until he comes back because I think he's a valuable member to this team. And I, it's not, I'm not trying to overstate Sean Gibson's value, but I think that a player at his, uh, at the cost that he should come with, I think it's a bargain for the player that he is. And I also think, especially if you're looking to draft a safety like you did with Hufanga in 2020, uh, sorry, in 2021, what better player to mentor that safety? And remember, you know how how hard Kyle is on rookies. What better player to mentor him and go through the system uh, that Kyle's been attributed to than Deshaun Gibson and Talano Hufunga? I, I think that, that that'd be very valuable. Um, if I'm the 49ers, I'd keep Hufunga. Uh, sorry, not Hufunga. I'd keep Deshaun Gibson. Have I hope that you duo Hufunga. Have that duo kind of play uh, while having the other guys compete. Taylor Hawkins is interesting. I mean, I liked him. Uh, I think he's going to get a chance to compete. And like we said with Traverius Moore, it's if the minimum or not. And I, I think that he'll get a chance to compete as well. So even if Gibson doesn't retire, can we afford him? Yes, we could afford him because they're going to restructure contracts. They're going to create some cap space. So if they want him back, they'll have him back. Now, the thing is, though, is like like uh, Pocket the Cheesecake says, Taylor Hawkins, right? The 49ers have been working a system. And I, th- I actually like the idea of redshirting years, right? Play play a, a practice squad guy. Do what you got to do. Learn the speed of the game in practice. Um, Taylor Hawkins. You got uh, Quantrus Knight. Um, a couple of safeties there, right? So that they, that I really like. Um, they could also go the draft. Um, <laughs> freaking Sunil. He goes Marco with Joe and his hair is elite. I, I love you, Sunil. Make sure y'all go. Make sure y'all go uh, subscribe to So Real Sports Talk TV. Uh, one of the best guys out there, man. Shout out to Sunil. Um, so for me, it, it, there's a lot of things you could do there. Um, I don't think Gibson's a priority only because you already have your anchor at strong safety, free safety and, and Hufanga. So it's not necessarily a priority, Would I like him back. Absolutely. I want him back now going to Maurice Hurst. Now this one is going to sound interesting because I think Maurice Hurst, a guy I bring back. Now, why do I bring him back? He's only going to be 28. He's had injury history. I understand He's been injured for the past couple of years. The potential is there, and it's not going to cost you much. The 49ers have done it for the last freaking five years. They brought a guy in who um, is injured. They bank on him to play. I would do it. I think he's a guy who you could do it. Um, I think the ability that he could uh, provide as a pass rusher of stopping the run, when he's at his best, he's a very good player. Um, I definitely bring him in and make sure I keep him. You think, uh, oh, Maurice Hurst? For, okay, for me, um, I, I'm going to differ. I'd let him walk. Um, he's going to be, he's going to come in with, uh, for, for cheap. If you have him, it's going to be for the minimum. So I wouldn't mind retaining him for the early part of the offseason. But at this point, he's gotten injured, uh, he's gotten season-ending injuries in two consecutive years. I think that that right now is a risk. And when you have the chance to move on from, Players, I'm not going to try and say injury prone. I don't want to label anybody like that. But when you have the chance to move on from players like that, and they don't have a, they don't play necessarily the vital part of your role, uh, a role on your team. I think that it's important 
to capitalize when you can. And the defensive line market is always deep to where you can find key players on minimum deals, like the 49ers did with Arden Key, like the 49ers did with Hurst when he first came in. To me, I personally think the 49ers should look to go elsewhere because of the uncertainty that Hurst has provided and the necessity to have the depth that the 49ers claim that they have going into 2023. You don't want to have the same situation again and then be on the hook for that 1.18 million going uh when you really could have had a when you could have had a better situation instead. So the reason why I say I know a lot of people are like oh he doesn't play he's a cheaper Kinlaw shout out to Sino saying that. So for me the reason why I do it is because the upside's there. Now it's not going to be expensive to do it. It's going to be a roughly league minimum um because of the the injury history um He's a good dude. Locker room really likes him. Um, going to Tyler Croft, I think you bring Tyler Croft back with the hopes of you drafting someone because Tyler Croft's going to be um, not going to have much guaranteed anyways. So you bring him back with the likes of you drafting a tight end in the draft, and then hopefully you have the luxury to be able to cut him or trade him or do whatever you want with him. doesn't matter to me because you have a young rookie coming in. So it'd be uh, George Kittle, uh, Charlie Warner, and a rookie tight end. I wouldn't mind that. Um, initially, I was thinking move on from Croft, uh, but the tight end class is good. You're right. The tight end class is good, and I think your third tight end sh- should, like at least the number three on the depth chart, should come from the draft this year. And so to me, I would not mind uh, um, uh, moving on from Croft. I also wouldn't mind bringing him in as the fourth uh, tight end in training camp. There are always a good amount of tight ends that you have in training camp. You can't, uh, I mean, the 49ers will have a plethora of tight ends that they have in training camp just for the position itself with the offense that they run. Because remember, you have three teams of offense and they have a lot of two tight end situations. So I think that I wouldn't mind him coming back because it would be for the minimum. But I also wouldn't mind if they moved on, given his age, and that he was up and down in uh, during his time. Not the best hands necessarily, and uh, but uh, he, he was a fine blocker. It's just he is getting up in age. You do want to try and get younger at the position and capitalize on the value in the NFL draft this year. Absolutely. I agree. Like The reason why I bring him back is obviously it would be very low guarantees. You're bringing him back in the, in the sense of hopefully he mentors the young Ricky with George Kittle in training camp, and then you can walk away from him. Kerry Hyder, I thought it was a stupid signing when they did it. Yes, it was a cheap contract. I thought it was stupid to bring him back. Um, I I don't know why they brought him back in the first place. How do this year? I remember, I remember last off season. Me and Marco both weren't on the Kerry Hyder train. A lot of people were. Me and me and Marco both weren't. Kerry Hyder's an easy walk. He's thirty two. He's going to be thirty two uh, in this next season. And um, I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's that that valuable. Uh, he he had some flashes. I, but I think the 49ers can easily move on and upgrade. Did he have flashes? I don't remember him playing. He had flat. No, no, he played. He played for sure. But um, he had some where um, because he he was one of those versatile guys that played inside out, uh, like a lot of guys, and so he was helpful in rotation and some. But I, I think you can definitely move on. The crazy part is like, I remember him. Obviously, I remember him being on the roster and him playing. But, like, the fact that I don't remember any of his plays just shows you, like, what did he even do for us? Uh, Hassan Ridgeway uh, ended up on the IR, uh, defense tackle 28. I think the Niners bring him back. I think they really liked him to be a, a run stuffer. Um, he was an insurance. The funny part is they brought him in as an insurance for Javon Kinlaw, and he ended up on the IR. Um, yeah. I, I think I let him walk. I think I think you, you allow 
um, the Fortnite to go get someone else. Um, hopefully a a rookie. Uh, maybe you draft someone. Um, maybe you even go sign someone. I think the 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 age twenty about to be twenty eight, twenty nine. Um, I let him walk, even though it's going to be a cheap contract. I might differ a little bit here because it's going to be a training camp deal. Um, Ridgeway is a guy who you can now sign for a million dollars. You can sign for that one oh thirty five, the 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 minimum. And I thought Ridgeway looked fine. I honestly thought he looked fine when he was playing. And so to me, I would bring him back on a training camp S deal with minimal guarantees, uh, try and have him pave his way for a roster spot, eventually cut him. But I, I thought he was fine. And at the moment, defensive tackle is where you lack the most. And so me personally, I b- hope the 49ers go with a uh, they splurge on the defensive line rather than the offensive line this year. Um, that's my personal preference. But I, I think that Ridgeway could be brought back uh, on the 90-man roster because you're going to have about 13, 15 defensive linemen on that roster. I wouldn't mind if Ridgeway is one of those guys is a defensive tackle guy um, because while he did get injured this year, I, I think that he could provide more. Ex-49ers defensive coordinator um, D'Amico Ryans was named the AP 2022 assistant coach of the year. Shout out to Miko. Uh, we're going to miss him. Uh, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's going to be a camp uh, invite. Kind of like the Tyler Croft contract would be a, a camp guy. Um, I do really like Kalia Davis. I, I wanted him to come back this um, this year. Sadly, he wasn't able to. Now, Daniel oh, Rusko, yeah. a player that majority of the 49er fan base loves. A lot of people love him. Saying no. I don't think he's that good. Um, I think he is a guy who other teams might see him as a valuable guard, tackle guy, potentially a center. I don't, to me, I'm more at a, a guard. Um, and then if you ended up kicking Spencer Burford out to tackle, they might bring him in and be like, hey, can you compete at right tackle? Uh, I could see it as a, on a very cheap contract, but the fact that he got beat out by Jake Brendel which I said was going to happen. And then he got beat out by a rookie Spencer Burford, which I said was going to happen. Kind of tells me that kind of wasn't um, him to earn it. And he didn't do it in camp. He struggled in camp. And he was also hurt or injured in camp that he had come back from an injury and stuff like that. So I don't know about Brunsko. I don't bring him back. I'll disagree. Because I like the versatility that Brunskill provides. Brunskill isn't necessarily a like a, a starting level player in the NFL. But most backup offensive linemen aren't. When you look at the offensive line, it's scarce to see starting level offensive linemen be a backup. You, and Brunskill kind of – go for it. But then wouldn't you have Jalen there for like – in the sense of they drafted Jalen Moore. I think Jalen Moore will be coming into his – is it his third or fourth year? Wouldn't you have Jalen Moore where it's probably going to be cheaper – than, than having to re-sign uh, Daniel Brunskill because he has the starting um, experience that he's going to be like, oh, I've started for you guys before. I think I at least deserve $3 million. I think I at least deserve the X, Y, Z when you could actually have Jalen Brunskill. We'll uh, see. Because to I mean, me, I, I get what you're saying, more, more, is, more, more is not a good tackle. More can't play I tackle, agree. in my opinion. I don't want him at tackle. And we'll get to Mike McGlinchey soon. 
But the 49ers are going to need tackle insurance. And I think Brunskill and the 49ers' desire to have versatility along their offensive line, having a backup center, backup guard, and a backup tackle in one player, I think is valuable. And a guy who age doesn't really hamper him. And I think that he's been solid. He's just been solid when you've played. I, I think that Daniel Brunskill could be brought back for cheap. Now, it depends because if, if, if Daniel Brunskill gets $4 million elsewhere, I let him walk. But if Daniel Brunskill, if you can get him back for a cost similar to this year, that 2.43, uh, which was his tender money, if you can get him at a cost similar to that, given that he is aging and that he shouldn't cost too much, I wouldn't mind re-signing him to that deal. Brunskill's been a solid uh, a solid replacement level player for the 49ers. And so to me, I personally would, because I think that versatility is valuable. And it depends on how the deal is structured, obviously. I don't know how many how much guaranteed money you give to Brunskill because you have young players at the position like Nick Zakel and Jason Poe. But I think that uh, definitely I, – I, I definitely think that uh, Daniel Brunskill – I feel like he'd be a guy who could be valuable at least at first. Going into some of the comments, uh, Sunil says, Brunskill is a player that has experience playing everywhere. Yeah, he is a player with that. He hasn't been great at every position. At center, he had some struggles snapping the ball. Uh, I mean, we've seen him play at guard, obviously. At tackle, he's been uh, up and down. I mean, but we we know that he he's played tackle before. Ted Talks Balls says, I like Brunny, but he may have priced himself out with platooning with Burford and filling in for Banks. I don't know, though, because platooning is different. Daniel Brunskill got paid a starting level salary this year because they probably anticipated that he was going to start at a position going into the offseason. I don't think the 49ers came into the offseason thinking like when they signed Daniel Brunskill to the $2.43 million tender in March, I don't think they came into the offseason thinking or went into the offseason thinking Daniel Brunskill was going to be a bench player. They probably thought and uh, thought he was going to start at right guard. And so to me, I don't think he priced himself out of the 49ers range. That's my personal opinion. We'll see how it goes. Potentially could because there are teams that definitely would value a player of Brunskill's versatility, potentially even Miami. And so they could pay him $4 million, overpay for Brunskill. But to me, I don't know if he priced himself out uh, because he was a backup level player when he came in, uh, when I thought he came in assuming to be a starting level player with the salary he got. I think I think with Daniel Brunskill, so the reason is, is he said Marco about to get his second win. Watch out, Rohan. Hey, Sunil over here trying to instigate an argument for no reason, oh, man. man. Like, it didn't even, it didn't even like that. I think Daniel Brunskill, if Kyle Shanahan really valued Daniel Brunskill, for what he was, I think they would have extended him. They would have given him a, a contract last offseason when he was that un, I believe he was a restricted free agent. Instead, yeah. they they tendered they tendered him. Was it with the um I believe it was with the uh, uh, uh original uh, round, right? So do you really what's the value that Kyle actually likes him enough to be like, you know what? His, uh, but Marco value, like I would not have like even given how he played. The smart way to play it isn't to extend him and overprice him before he hits the market. The smart play is give him the tender, see what the market value is, because then you know how the market's going to be for Brunskill. Because Brunskill, the value is only going to decrease as he gets older. When they saw that he was no other team wanted to pay him $2.43 million, then they they knew, oh, then we we – that's the max at him. I think that that cap hit is going to decrease. And I think that they played it smartly because you don't want to put yourself at a, uh, for a 28 overall t- uh, or 20 year old tackle or guard that might be, you know, in the, in the lineup or out at two and a half million a year. 
No, you want to see what the value is and then evaluate after that. That's how personally how I thought it would be. See, the way I, the way I saw it was they didn't value him enough, and instead they'd rather replace him with a rookie. To me, it's like when you're when you're when you're you're going out and you're drafting a rookie, and then right away, uh, uh, Burford was placed into the starting unit, like trying to give him that chance opportunity. Banks was at left guard. First thing that happened, Jake Brendel gets the reps at center first, and then people are like, "What was going on?" I thought Brunskill was supposed to be the the automatic guy that could, to go to center stuff like that. To me, I don't think I don't think anything Brunskill does is good. Now, what he the only thing that the reason why I give I give him credit is he does a lot of positions. The fact that he does that puts him on a, at a level. People are like, oh, let's go ahead and extend. Let's go ahead and sign him. He's really good. Nah, the only thing that dude does is play center, guard, tackle, and he does them not at a high level, not at a good level. You even said that he's not even a, a starting caliber player. He's a backup. But the thing is, is mm-hmm. if you already have backups on cheaper deals, to me, I don't do that because, one, uh, we got a couple of young guys. Nick Zakel, who could probably play center center and guard. It's in, it's from what the 49ers have seen, you got uh Jalen uh, Moore, he could play guard on, on either side. Now, the Niners actually like him to play tackle, I don't get it. And then we both already we both agreed. Then I'm, I'm not saying like I'm not, I'm like, I'm not like saying like, oh, you're wrong, I'm right, but like we mm-hmm. both even agree no. that Colton McKivitz would be a guy that we'd bring back because he's on a exclude on the restricted free agent, right? So for me, it's like I think Daniel Brunskill would be a waste a waste of a roster spot going into camp because you could you could go sign someone off the street to be your swing tackle or your your guard or your swing guard tackle kind of movement as well as draft someone in a very very deep class to me I think that'd be the better route instead of giving and, and the thing is that he's not going to get uh, any jaw breaking um, guaranteed money it'll be guaranteed money where even if they cut him in camp it's like okay cool you're a camp body that's all it would be. But I don't. I, to me, I don't think he'd be because I've seen some people like Daniel Brunskill on Twitter. Like Daniel Brunskill is a must, must resign. To me, I think Daniel mm. Brunskill is like okay. If hey, if you're still on the market, well, if we need a, a player at the last five roster spots, we'll give you a call. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, I I think that I respect the take for sure because I understand where you're coming from, and that's why it's an interesting talk. But the no, next no, I, region, I, I, I respect I respect what you're saying too because like I do get what you're saying like the versatility makes it intriguing to bring him back but to me just that versatility isn't enough for me because you have a lot of young guys you've drafted young guys and what they've done with the young guys has actually it looks like they've actually developed them man mm-hmm. yeah no but the next guy is interesting because it's 40 year old Robbie Gould now the 49ers in 2019 or it was 2019 or 2020 placed the franchise tag on their kicker which would amount to 5.4 million this year if they don't place the franchise tag they could look to re-sign Robbie Gould, which could happen near the combine time. What do you think that the 49ers should do with the aging Robbie Gould, who has been perfect in the postseason? Let him walk. I mean, let him go be with his family, man. He didn't want to be here in the first place. The fact that you franchise tagged the kicker is ridiculous to me. I thought it was I thought that was insane. Um, I, I'm not saying he's not a, I think he's a great kicker. I think he's a, um, very clutch in the playoffs, but eventually you're gonna have to go get your guy. And, and if he's going to be costing the, the three to $5 million that, um, he's going to want most likely to stay in San Francisco, because I guarantee you, he's going to do the same thing he did last, last time. Okay. Well, I'm never with my family. So at least pay me 
an extra two million to stay here. To me, go get a, a guy on on a, a veteran minimum. You could go get a veteran. You could get a rookie. I would personally go get a rookie. Um, see what you have. Um, and then even if you don't get a rookie, there's a lot of guys in the NFL who have been solid kickers. You could go get one of those dudes on the cheap because there's only 32 of them in the in the league. Right. You could find someone on the cheap. I would also look at the XFL. You're gonna get trials from guys that are kicking on a, on a, a regular basis. I, I think you actually let Robbie Gold walk, and you don't have his cap hit be three to five million. I think that's a valuable two million that you could have for an extra body on the roster. I agree, and it's been a minute since we've agreed. I think, but I <laughs> I do agree. I do agree with uh, your your decision on Robbie Gould. Kicker is valuable. Kicker is certainly valuable, especially in the postseason with uh, how postseason games go. But I think that you could save nearly $5 million by moving elsewhere because Robbie Gould's going to come at a cost. And you're right. Robbie Gould probably wants to go back to Chicago. He's probably wanted to go back to Chicago for a minute because he hasn't been with his family in five years, man. He ain't been with his family during the season for a long time. And Robbie Gould's had a phenomenal career with the San Francisco 49ers, especially the first two years. And then as of late in the postseason, he's had a better, uh, better years. So to me, I do think that you let him walk because you do want to get younger at the, uh, at the position. The 49ers have looked to do it. And I know Gould has exper- uh, expressed interest in potentially returning the 49ers at the end of the year. But I think the 49ers, they've looked to get younger at other positions. And they at, at, a, at a time where they'll likely need some money if they want to make some big moves, I think that Robbie Gould might be one of those casualties where they can't necessarily pay the $5 million. Yeah, absolutely agree. Now, Aziz El-Shayir. Now realistically, everyone would want him back. Financially, you can't do it. He's probably going to get a decent contract um, where the 49ers can't afford. I hope he goes to Houston with D'Amico Ryans. I think um, become D'Amico Ryans is as middle linebacker or whatever linebacker you want to people say he's a will. I think he's a solid Mike. Um, I think he's going to be a very, very good player in the league for the next couple of years until um, he retires. He's one of those guys who's very consistent. And to me, that's the biggest thing. As long as he can stay healthy, He's a very consistent linebacker. Um, now in the past game, I that's where I, I hope he gets better because if, if he could be a better um, better in coverage, I think uh, he's going to be a really good linebacker for D'Amico. I agree. I mean, I agree even with the Houston Texans thing. I think he should go to Houston. Houston will pay him well, and he'll be a Mike. He wants to be a Mike. And uh, I, I don't think it's easy. Shire is going to come back. I mean, I, I, we saw the moment at the end. It's an emotional moment. Uh, I mean, the whole chat knows that Aziz gone, man. It's unfortunate because Aziz Shire is a very special player who will enjoy a nice career elsewhere. But uh, his time in San Francisco has come to an end. It's just uh, it's better for both sides, right? 49ers likely won't have the cap to pay him. And Aziz Shire deserves to be paid and deserves to be a Mike linebacker. He'll likely be one in Houston. And he'll get to spearhead the new change uh, with Amigo Ryans as he looks to uh, uplift that culture over there in Houston. Yeah, so now looking at Mike McGlinchey. The dude's about to be 29, um, has had injuries in the past. Now, the 49er f- fan base will – Chat, drop if you want Mike McGlinchey to return. Drop drop yes or no if you want Mike in the chat. Uh, I'm very curious because a lot of people don't like Mike McGlinchey. A lot of dudes do like Mike McGlinchey. Now, I think he's solid, but I'm not re-signing him. Now, I talked to someone who – it was very interesting, so I called him. We're talking. He's like, bro, he's like, I don't get why the 49er fan base freaking hates Mike McGlinchey. Um, I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Lose you have nothing to do with the 49ers. He's a guy who's around in the NFL. He's like, bro, he goes, Mike McGlinchey's a really good right tackle. He just needs to get with the right coaching staff. He goes, the coaching staff has not done him any justice 
in his time in San Francisco. Like, well, I mean, he hasn't gotten better. He's gone. He's he, every year he's been either dealing with an injury. I believe he had his knee scoped one year, like a like the knee injections, and then he had that uh, patellar tendon uh, surgery, I believe it was. Or correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, Rohan, they're telling me to drop you from the chat. So I no don't... no no, that's just the troll. That's just no, that. Um, this guy is very it's just cred- that. This dude Shay Lewis is very creditable. Um, nah nah nah, don't say that. Don't say that. No no no, he ain't credible. No no, no he's not. All right, for sure. I thought I thought Shay was a. No, nah, I dude. told him he should delete his Twitter. Dang. Hey, which one's better, him or the twin? Or the, what's the other brother, the him or the twin? Oh, O'Neal way better. Oh, you think O'Neal's better? Dang, that's some that's some real talk right now going down. Shay, I'm sorry, brother. Uh, Rohan said, uh, no, Shay's my better. guy. No, Shay, I great... miss you. Shay, I miss you. And those are two great dudes, man. Shout He's out my to guy. O'Neal and, and Shay, man. Um, so with Michael Glinchy, I was talking to the guy, and he was like, Yeah, he's honestly, he goes, I, I really hope he leaves. He goes, Because I hope he gets the right coaching he needs because he doesn't have done him a justice at all. Um, so for me, I don't do it because he's probably going to cost you around 15 million, 13 or 15 million. And I think that's a, a big mistake if you do so. He's already going to be 29. Now, if you give him a four-year, about end of this contract, if he gets another injury, he continues playing how he does in, in pass protection, I think to me, you just don't do it. Now, what I really like is this draft class is the perfect draft class to trade up and get a right tackle or sit there in the, at the back end of the third round and get a right tackle. There's a lot of guys in this draft class that you can replace him with. There's also guys on the free agent market that you can replace him with. The four have talked about Colton McKivitz. I don't like that idea of Colton McKivitz. To me, that's a, that's a downgrade. So whatever the 49ers do, they better make an upgrade or the same. And I think it's not hard to make an upgrade or keeping it the same because Mike Wilginski in the run game was phenomenal. Pass protection, he's solid. But he's going to give up those key on the key situations he tends to give them up. Now, to me, it's hard to do it, um, but I let him walk. I agree. I mean, I think it's going to be tough to replace Mike McGlinchey. I really do. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like him. I'm probably I'm probably uh, on the different uh, kind of side of it. McGlinchey makes a lot of mistakes in key moments, which is the unfortunate part of McGlinchey's game. But I, I think he's been solid. He played very well at the end of the year, uh, going into the playoffs the last like eight weeks or six weeks or so going into the playoffs. Uh, I, I really don't think you can upgrade for Mike McGlinchey because if you're not paying Mike McGlinchey, you're not going to pay a top tackle on the market. You're not going to pay Caleb, Caleb McGarry. I don't think the 49ers will play Jawan Taylor either, who could see a Traverius Ward-esque deal, given that he's only 25, coming off the best year of his career. I, I think that he's an intriguing option, but I think that if the 49ers aren't going to pay the incumbent, I don't think they're going to pay anybody. And so that's why I do like the... Uh, the 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 this, the route that you're going in going with the draft because the draft does have a lot of good second and third round talents uh, at tackle this year, but that also likely means uh, given the learning curve that they're going to have to go through because it is second and third round talents, I think the 49ers will the likeliest option it seems like is Colton McKivitt starting next year, which I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of personally I would pay Mike McGlinchey but I wouldn't pay him the break that he likely will command. And so that's kind of how my feeling is. I think it's going to be unfortunate because the 49ers do want a solution at right tackle. And I don't know if there's going to be an imminent one there. And so, but also uh, to to be fair to Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco has gone with average right tackle play before or below average right tackle play before and gotten along fine. It's not going to get along well in the playoffs. We've seen it in two consecutive years uh, with Tom Compton and then McGlinchey's poor performance in the playoffs this year. But It'll get them along fine in the regular season. We'll see how it goes. But right now, I, I do think that 
the 49ers, I don't think they bring him back. I don't. Me personally, I would at a at a rate maybe around $13 million a year. Uh, but I don't think the 49ers bring Mike McGlinchey back. So Uh-oh. I think I think uh uh Shay brought up a great point. People crying about Mike, but Samson Ebucom, who actually got decent sized contract from the 49ers, his production was honestly not that great for what they signed him for. So now I agree with that. Now a couple of right tackles. I'm gonna throw a couple of names out there to you. Um, because I know Sunil's asking, well, who is the answer at right tackle next year? Now I'm just gonna ask you, would you would you be intrigued if it was a lot cheaper to sign these guys? Okay. Cameron Irving from Carolina, who Steve Wilkes knows. Thirty eh, years old, by I mean, the way. It'd be okay. Eh, he's replacement level. Andre Dillard from Philadelphia, who's twenty-seven years old. Intriguing. Intriguing. I think uh, he's about now. And then out there, to be honest, there's not much really out there after that. Jawan Taylor, right. twenty-five, but he'll probably be a little bit more. He'll be in that. It looks like he might get fifteen. He might get fifteen. I think he gets ten or twelve. Uh, report came out today. I forget from a credible play, uh, person saying he could see three years upwards of fifteen a year. Hey, that's shout he's out getting to him. some serious. Yeah, I hope he gets um, the bag. But, if it's if it's ten to twelve, I would I would pay that. But yeah, but even in the draft, you got guys like you could trade up for Matthew uh, Berger on. Um, you got I really like uh, Wanya Morris. Um, there's other guys that yeah, are out there. I like this film. You we watched him today. A, Freeland, I believe his last name's Freeland from um, yep from uh B Y is it B Y U or T C U one of the two, uh B Y U. See, yeah, I'm really intrigued on the Andre Dillard one because I was talking to a, a guy. He said Andre Dillard is a, he kind of turned me down because Andre Dillard is a really good player, but it'd be silly to sign him to replace Mike. And I have to go watch Andre Dillard's film. Um, so for me, I want to pass. Uh, to me, I told Rohan what I'm looking at in the, his draft class. Is literally pass protection. I don't care about the run game. Kyle's gonna figure that out somehow, some way. Um, Burford. I've always thought Burford was gonna be was gonna move to right tackle. I thought he was gonna be the right tackle. So I'm really, I really hope Kyle does give him the opportunity to do that. He played tackle in college. He has to me. I said it from the beginning. He has Pro Bowl caliber talent if he is playing at right tackle or guard. He's gonna become a Pro Bowl player. Bookmark it. I said it the first time I seen him in training camp. That was the first thing I noticed. Um, now going at Emmanuel Mosley, I'm going to say it straight up. He is a must resign. I think he's going to end up getting too much money for the 49ers, but you have to figure out how to bring him back on a two to three year deal. That dude is a baller. He was my number one free agent, my number one free agent over Mike McGlinchey. Emmanuel Mosley is the most valuable player on the scene. That's a free agent, uh, that, that, that at least has a chance of coming back. He, he provides so much. The defense is at a different level when Emmanuel Mosley was on the field the first five weeks. And I also think specifically with, with in, in regards to Steve Wilkes, because Steve Wilkes is going to run an aggressive scheme that plays a lot of nickel coverage. Uh, and Steve Wilkes also loves to blitz his nickel linebacker. It'd be very valuable to have Diamondo Lenore at his size to be able to be in the nickel. Why? Diamondo Lenore is a guy who run fits very well uh, for for a cornerback, and you want that in the nickel. And I think that Diamond Lenore, he's a guy who you do want to see potentially in those situations. You probably prefer Diamond Lenore to Samuel Womack in that situation 
because of the run fits. That's what the 49ers preferred this year. On top of that, with the amount of nickel coverage, you're going to need three solid cornerbacks. And I think that Emmanuel Mosley would be a valuable guy because you have two cornerbacks then that can be the cornerstones for the next two to three seasons in Charverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley at cornerback level one play. Now, to me, the only difference is what happens with Emmanuel Mosley and his contract because he's coming off an ACL tear in which he likely could have made 12 to $15 million on the open market as a top cornerback. Now, that market is certainly going to decrease, but can the 49ers capitalize potentially even on a multi-year deal for a guy who they know the ex- exactly how the recovery is going? The only question is, D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans might want Emmanuel Mosley, and D'Amico Ryans also has seen exactly how that uh, progress has gone. He knows what's going on with Emmanuel Mosley's recovery, and he's a guy who has been very connected to Mosley. I think that he could say, hey, Emmanuel, you come here, you lead our uh, our cornerback room and form a, a good duo opposite of Derek Stingley. I think that could be very valuable too, but I think that Emmanuel Mosley is a must resign. I hope the 49ers bring him back, and I think that I don't think they should shy away from the two to three million, uh, two to three year deal if it comes at a better price. If you can get them at a three year deal worth twenty four million dollars a year, I think that's a steal. Or a two year deal worth seventeen million dollars a year, that's a steal. We'll see what the price tag is. That's the biggest Whoa, question. Whoa, seventeen million mostly. dollar? Did you say seventeen million dollars? Sorry, seventeen total. Seventeen. Total. Okay, okay. That's what I. That's what I was like. Oh, like, let me correct. Let me make sure he's. he's... he's not, yeah, seventeen uh... total. But not if you can get him at a steal with a multi year contract, I'd do it. Yeah, and I absolutely agree. I think he he is one of the most valuable free agents the 49ers have that is on the market. Now, he's in that range where he's about to be 27 in his prime. He looked really good. He looked like a legit lockdown corner um, coming into his own. Um, to me, the issue is he probably gets paid. D'Amico Ryan, imagine if D'Amico, check this out, D'Amico Ryan's having uh, Stingley and, and um, Emmanuel Mosley on the opposite. They have uh, Jalen Petrie. Boy, that's gonna be a that's a, that's a secondary right there. Like you know, what I mean? so I could see D'Amico doing that. D'Amico's gonna be building something over there. Um, I think I think he he priced himself out of the price range for the 49ers. I would love to see him back. He, to me, he would be my number one oper- uh, priority to re-sign. That's who I really like. Um, Samson Ebukam, I let him walk. I think the 49ers let him walk. I feel like they overpaid him. Um, I felt like they thought just because I felt like what they did was they tried replacing D Ford with another athletic edge rusher and it backfired because they're like, Hey, this guy's measurables look very good. Well, I mean, he never was a, an outside edge rusher and, and, uh, uh, with LA, he was never that productive in LA. Like I didn't, to me, the signing was cool. Like, all right, cool. You're pairing someone with, with Bosa. Hopefully it works. I liked that at the time because hopefully it worked. Didn't work. Let him walk, get your money back. I think I agree. I mean, uh, it's tough because Emmanuel Mosley has been uh, – sorry, not Emmanuel Mosley. So Sinebucom has been a guy who um, – I mean, he's a guy who the 49ers brought in to 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 play for the stretch. He's not a good pass rusher necessarily. He's an all right pass rusher, but he, his, his game is in the run, uh, run defense game. And I think the 49ers – they like that because they value those players that can play on base downs. They target guys that don't necessarily always play on base downs. Charles Amenehi was one. Arden Key was another. But they value the players that can play on base downs. So I can understand why they'd be interested. But if you're going to play about $6 million for them, that's very, very expensive. 
from uh, for a guy like Samson Ebucom. I'd prefer they pay Charles O'Menahue over Samson Ebucom because he provides right. more value at the position that he plays, and I think he provides more versatility. Ebucom is all right, but I think he should also go to a system that better suits his needs. He's a better 3-4 uh, outside linebacker. That's what he was in uh, Los Angeles, and I think he should try and probably go get some money that in a, in a role that returns him to that role. And so we'll see what happens uh, with Samson Ebucom. I do agree, though. I think the 49ers should look elsewhere, try and get that extra money. And this is where I'm saying it again. I think they should pool the extra resources that they're accumulating, especially with the restructure money, and go get a big splurge at the defensive line. That 2019 defensive line was the best defensive line this team had. I was wrong in saying that this 2022 defensive line was going to be better. I'm going to admit it. I was wrong. Uh, it really, when you have the star level power, nothing can really match that. I think they they should go out and they should get a star level player. Deron Payne's my number one guy. Uh, we'll see who else they could go out and get. But I think that if you get an interior guy who could be valuable in stopping the run and the pass, then it solves some of those issues in base downs. And it also helps further the value of players like Charles Omenahue. So for me, I, I really like the idea of get, going and getting an edge rusher. Um, I'm going to save my edge rusher, um, like the, the discussion, but I would love, I, I, I know a lot of people keep saying like, oh, go get Deron Payne, go get Deron Payne. To me, go get Dante Fowler Jr. or go get uh, Yannick um, Nagakwe. To me, Ngakwe, those, yeah. Yeah, to me, those two guys would really benefit from playing opposite of of Nick Bosa Jr. Um, shouldn't be too expensive. Um, being in this in a, a wide nine system is allow him to get to the quarterback. Those two guys are what I would do. I would go get Yannick Nagakwe. Um, now he's in the. I want to say he's around 28, 29 maybe. Uh, I want to say he's about to be twenty eight. But you have Who, to. Uh, and I know is tw- going to be twenty eight. I don't I know about a, Fowler. Yeah, I think Fowler is twenty six. I want to say he's twenty six, twenty seven maybe. Uh, okay. But I know he's a little bit, a little bit uh, younger. No, Fowler's about the same age. He's about to be twenty nine, I think. Dante Fowler has been in the league for a while. Um, I don't know why yeah. I said twenty five. Um, now, Jimmy, you have to bring Jimmy back. Like legitimately, you have to bring Jimmy back. Like not even kidding. Um, the reason is, is you need a camp body. Okay, you need someone to be a camp quarterback on the roster. Someone who knows the system. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is a must resign on, on the veteran minimum. Uh, oh, I thought you meant to... Jimmy Johnson for like the fan club. Sorry. This nah, absolutely yeah, like Kyle Shanahan said. Like, no, 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 no. We can yeah. get him for the fan club. Um, like we can get Jimmy off the street. I'll go find a Jimmy right now off the street. We'll get him for the fan club. I, I agree. We should go get as many as we can because we need that fan club to be cheering, right? Hey, anyone in the chat? If your name is Jimmy. Uh, we're we're signing you up to be to be the fan club, Jimmy. Um, absolutely, Jimmy Garoppolo. Send him to another team. Send him to wherever he wants to go. Allow him to do whatever he wants. If he's a winner, like fans say, he'll go somewhere and he'll win. It ain't gonna happen. I promise you. Um, Jimmy Ward, I don't resign. I think he's in a. I think he deserves more than what the Niners should offer or what they will offer. I, I think he's a good safety. I think he's a good nickel. I think he's a very good player. Now, I think Jimmy Ward. I was talking about, whoa, 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 Sunil. I wasn't talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and bringing him back. I think Jimmy Ward could also be a camp quarterback for the 49ers this year. All right. Um, no, but Jimmy Ward, I think you, you – you, ideally, you want him back. You probably put him at free safety, but he sounds very – he's <laughs> – uh, Callie said Marco's uh, drinking that bootleg Corona. 
Uh, it's actually, I figured out where it's from. It's from Trader Joe's. Shout out to Trader Joe's. Uh, they got good stuff over there, man, and it's it's cheaper. Um, though, but ideally, you want to bring Jimmy Ward back, but financially, it doesn't look like it. Now, you could get interesting if you want to get interesting, and you could go sign a free safety. You could go sign one of the, the top guys on the market. You want to get, you really think you have the team to win, and you know you're you're going to need a safety if if uh, the the Tashawn Gibson retires. You could go out and you could go get a safety like a Jesse Bates. You could go get a guy like, uh, in my opinion, a Von Bell who's pretty solid. You could get a guy like, I think Terrell Edmonds would be pretty awesome in the 49ers system. I think he'd be a, a very good player. Um, oh, next to, that'd be cool. Next to uh, Talano of Hufanga. Um, there's a lot of guys you could go get. Um, Charner, uh, Charner, uh, Charner Johnson. Um, I would go look at that. There's a lot of guys. Out Gardner there Johnson, practice. you mean? Gardner Johnson. Well, I think a, Ch- a Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I think that's the first thing. Yeah. I was trying to say his first thing. Um, bro, no, no, bro. Oh, man. No. Bro, Sunil, brother, walk into Trader Jeez. Joe's, and you'd be shocked on the prices. My fiance got me. Shout out to my fiance. Um she got me to to walk into Trader Joe's one day, and I was like, I was thinking, I was sweating, walking in, sweating. I'm like, man, I'm on that college life. That's all. I, that's all we got. Trader Joe's, bro. Trader Joe's is cheaper than people think. Yeah, that's and, it, and it's and it's valid. It's legit. It's legit food. Like you could get a legit like a legit dinner for like fifteen, not even fifteen, but like ten bucks. And like, and if that dinner could feed like a family of three or four, so like, to be honest, Trader Joe's is a place to go. I'm telling you, Sunil, you, you know, you you drink all that water, drink all you eat healthy and stuff. Trader Joe's is where you want to go because they got healthy food for cheap. I promise you. Yeah, but talking about the Jimmys, I mean, Garoppolo ain't gonna be here. Garoppolo doesn't want to be here. Garoppolo hasn't wanted to be here. Kyle doesn't want him back. Like he gone. He he gonna get some starting good money. He gonna probably get twenty million somewhere. Uh, and really, uh, congrats to him because Jimmy Jimmy's gonna earn it. And I uh, always love to see players getting their money. Jimmy Ward ain't coming back. I mean, we know that too. Uh, likely not. He 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 wants that safety money, and uh, 49ers won't pay him that. They don't pay safeties, so he's gonna be gone. And I really hope he gets a bag too. Uh, so yeah, both of them not gonna be back. Rohan, what does that what does that say? What does that say? One dollar seventeen cents, bro. One dollar and seventeen cents, bro. You talking about fancy? A dollar seventeen for a, a, a nice cold drink on a on a on a nicely Thursday, um, bro. A dollar seven, bro. That's bro. You can't beat that. Like you can't go to a you can't go to a, a dinner, go eat get dinner and get a drink for a dollar seven. They don't even charge you a dollar seventeen for a soda, my man. Hey, Trader Joe's is legit. No, but I agree with you. Like Jimmy Ward, realistically, you want to you want to bring him back, but it's just, it's not feasible. Would you? So let me ask you this question, Rohan. Would you make it work to bring Jimmy Ward back? Make it work. What do you mean by that? Financially, like obviously they're going to restructure people. Would you restructure your, your the, the team to bring him back, or do you think the 30, 32 year uh, years of age? Is uh too too old. Oh, you're saying like oh if we if we like let's screw the decisions about him not coming back. Would we want him to like what I want him to to come back pretty much? Yeah, it was Jimmy Ward. Like, cause Jimmy Ward sounded like he's not coming back because of what Kyle said to him. 
And people, so this is interesting, right? Because people talk about, oh, Kyle loves his players. He asks his players for advice. But then he goes out. What he said to Jimmy Ward is wild. Do you want? Do you I'm want not to gonna bet? lie. I loved it. I loved it. Smart, I thought it. Like, no, I don't love it. Why, bro? Think about all right. A player in his contract year. So right, we talk about the human, the human aspect side of it, right? Right. A player, a player in his contract year where he's not. To be honest, we we all know Jimmy Ward isn't as comfortable in the at nickel than he is at free safety. We know he's not. It was he struggled to start, right? And then Kyle Shannon, he goes up to Kyle Shannon, he goes, Hey, he goes, I would really like to play, go back to free safety. Uh, I'm healthy and everything now. Can we make it work? And he goes, Do you want to ride the bench? Like to me, the human aspect side of it. Oh, the reason I liked it is because I thought Jimmy Ward sounded as if it sparked a fire under him. And Jimmy Ward, no, he, he. It absolutely did. Like, you're, I agree. Go ahead. My bad. My bad. Go ahead. No, no. That's the reason. Like, it's, it, it's like, Kyle knows how to get that, like, light a fire under his players when needed. And you saw how Jimmy Ward, Jimmy Ward played. He balled out after that, it seemed. Yeah, he absolutely did. But, like, when a player is going after uh, um, the bag in, in the offseason, um, you gotta, you, like, I get what he's saying. I get what, what, what Jimmy Ward is saying in the sense of, He's like, you know what? I, I really want to play my natural position. Can I go there? And the fact that Kyle was like, do you want to be benched? One, you're not going to bench one of your best players. Like, realistically, you're not. Samuel Womack is capable of playing that nickel role. To me, I don't know. I, I didn't really, it didn't sit well with me that Kyle said that, but then everyone praises Kyle for um, asking Debo, asking Kittle, asking those guys to, hey, what are, what's your idea on this? What would you do here? So for me, it's interesting. Um, I would like him back, but I don't think Jimmy Ward wants to be back. He even said on it on his on his Instagram, he goes, yeah. "I want someone that that values me." Yeah, no, he's gonna go where the money goes. I mean, the 49ers aren't gonna pay him, so he's gonna go where the money goes. And and, and rightfully so. So honestly, Rohan, we got through every single player. Obviously, it sucked because my internet is in and out. Um, shout out to everyone that was in the chat. Shout out to Sunil. Shout out to Cali. Shout out to Pocket the Cheesecakes being in here all day long. Shout out to you, my man. Um, shout out to, I believe there's a couple other people in here that were in, in the chat going wild. A final front runner's throwback was in here. Shay was in here. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Make sure you guys subscribe to both channels, to Rohan's personal channel, which is in the link. Um, shout out to everyone. Shout out, subscribe to the Clutch Gene Sports podcast. Um, we're hopefully hoping to go big. What did. Oh, wow. Justin Jefferson just won AP Offensive Player of the Year. I like that. Oh. Much deserved, yeah. He said Jarvis Landry. Now he's saying DJ Chart. I wonder why. I'm very – can you elaborate? Maybe, maybe, he's saying, maybe he's saying wide receiver targets the 49ers should look at because they're both free agents. I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Chart yeah, had I, a one-year deal. Okay, maybe that's what he's saying. Maybe that's what he's saying. Next show um, will probably be uh, free agents. Um, that we could go ahead and and sign yeah, a tra- sign like guys that mm-hmm. we're gonna find positions of value. So it'll be Tuesday might be uh, mainly position of need, and then we'll go deep into that. And then Thursday next week, hopefully, will be players that we would like to sign at those positions, just to like to keep yeah. it flowing. We don't want to keep you guys for too long. Shout out to every single one of you guys for being in here. Uh, any last words or last thoughts, Rohan? 
Nope, guys, you got to keep uh, stay tuned. Appreciate everybody that supports. Obviously, the comments is where we uh, love to interact. Tuesdays, Thursdays, 4.30 p.m. PST. Keep it on your calendars. That's when we go live. Make sure you guys stay tuned for the rest of the year. And, yeah, it's going to be a fun time, man. It's going to be a fun time. All righty. Thank you all. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.